0: Tim LaCombe, Jake Scott, join us now. Hello. Well, that's not what we anticipated in this stretch, that the Phoenix Suns would gain ground on the Utah Jazz really. for the one seed while they went through the East Coast murderer's row and the Jazz had the softies of the West. And it just did not turn out that way.
1: Yeah, the the old adage, if you, you stay around long enough, watch enough basketball, you'll see a little bit of everything. And uh, I don't know that anybody would have thought this would be the outcome of these two games but uh like you guys said similar script and you know jazz played good early then just could not shake a team that team and uh really tonight i i thought the jazz got better looks just didn't make them um felt like you know the turnover turnovers weren't as big an issue but man they missed a lot of open shots
2: yeah those threes and those what i call quality looks by the Jazz, something that, um, you know, they worked very hard to get, and they've had great success with it all season long. But they just didn't fall, and it wasn't like you missed one or two. I mean, they missed, what, about five or six in a row, and some of them uh, wasn't close, you know. I know Joe had a few that was – looked like there was a breeze or a little slight wind in the, in the arena that throws it offline, but, you know – Tough loss. This is a, this probably hurts more than anything this year. Yeah, no
1: doubt. No doubt. 57 threes taken by the Jazz, and they only make 16.
0: 57-3 is a franchise record, I believe. The record was 55 coming in, just a note on that.
3: I thought they had 59 the other night. Am I wrong about that?
0: Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know.
3: Let's go back. I we'll go back wrong. and... Check it out. I also
0: thought the other day that the Jazz would not have any offensive struggles without Donovan for the next three games. So what do I know?
3: <laughs> well, that certainly wasn't the these two games. I mean, uh, Tim and I are talking out the air. I mean, if you needed any evidence how important Donovan is to the team, well, here we are.
1: Yep.
0: No, I mean, there, there, Ron, how much of this just is, do you say, okay, this is somewhat of a tired team that just didn't play well? How much of this does Minnesota – you know, it's late in the year to be writing a script, shall we say, but like did Minnesota expose anything I don't know if they expose the anything
2: that they haven't that the jazz haven't seen uh, offensive if you want to look at offensively did they get the kind of shots that they want offensively and I'd have to say yes uh and and they got the number more than the number than they would would normally take um, defensively you you wonder you why the Jazz have had, you know, so much problems stopping them defensively. But offensively, I just thought the Jazz got what they wanted out of it. The shots didn't fall. I thought they did an excellent job in that first quarter by playing a little faster, pushing the ball up the floor. The threes was falling. I mean, in that first quarter, they ended up with seven three-point field goals made. In that first quarter, uh, it's, it's those middle two quarters that have given the Jazz problems, you know? Two
0: of 25 from three in the middle two quarters down. Yeah.
2: And they score 37 points in those two quarters. By the way, David,
3: just a quick note, they had 59 against the Lakers in the uh, 127-115 overtime loss.
0: So in regulation, this would be the most ever in franchise history. So Twenty-three
2: about, of about two for 25 from the three-point line in two middle quarters, second and third quarter.
1: And did Ilyasova have them both?
2: Um, no, it looks like Conley had one. Uh, Silva had the other. Okay. Yeah.
1: I thought that was interesting. He came in, and I thought he gave him a lift.
0: Yep. I think you have to start. You know, Quinn's doing some things. They're preparing for the playoffs. And sure. I think you have to assume that a twelve-year veteran's more prepared for the playoffs than Mia Oni. Yes. Unless it's a particular matchup.
1: Yeah, but I like that move too.
0: And Clarkson, one of ten. Boy, on one of seven. Joe, three of thirteen. It's, it's you know. I mean, it's the burden of not having Donovan, mm-hmm. right? Like. Yeah. You know, there's just a huge value to having a high usage player because they take away a lot of the burden on you. And, mm. you know, Jazz look pretty dead in the water tonight. And, you know, I think the, the maybe without being too over dramatic, the takeaway I think on this is the Jazz have the number one seed in the NBA because they've been the healthiest team in the
4: league. Yeah,
1: there is no doubt about that.
0: And, and now suddenly we're living. You know, not even as extreme a life as most of these teams are because most of these teams have lost, you know, multiple rotation players, but we lost a key rotation player, and suddenly we're struggling. I mean, hey, M- Minnesota hit D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns just played their four t- 15th game together ever. <laughs> they're 8-7 and seven now.
1: And they're tough. Like, you make the point. I mean, and I, I said at halftime, you know, do a good job of, of – Trying to take <clears throat> D'Angelo away, but you make the you know you, you text me, we talk. You, you say, hey, how do you take him away with Towns on the floor? It's a great point. I mean, and I think that's what they played to. They put him on an island, middle of the floor, and let those guys make decisions.
0: And they probably should be starting him, but yeah, they're being nice to Ricky.
1: I like I like the three times I watched him this year.
0: Yeah, he loves right. Playing the Jazz. Yeah, these losses are costly for them. By the way. Yep. Not that costly with the new rules, but they're costly.
1: The wins, you mean?
0: Yeah, these wins. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like the players are excited and the management's in there pulling their hair out.
0: Right. Like, oh my gosh, we traded D'Angelo Russell, Andrew Wiggins for D'Angelo Russell, and gave up a top three protected pick, and the Warriors may end up with the Minnesotas and the and their pick this year. How about that?
3: Jeez, that'd be nice. I and mean, if you're a team that's uber-capped out like the Warriors, that's how you add talent.
0: That's why you take Andrew Wiggins.
3: Yep, there you go. All right, guys, thank you very much as always. Okay, see you. Your final, Jazz beat, or excuse me, the Minnesota Timberwolves beat the Jazz 105-104. We're breaking it down next on the Jazz Radio Network. Tough lies, loss tonight by the Utah Jazz, 105 to 104, to the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's your Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe with you. Mike Conley hits a three point shot to give the Jazz the lead with five seconds to go. And uh, they, uh, the Timberwolves, call timeout. Actually, around six seconds to go. Timberwolves call timeout. And uh, they get an inbound play. Rudy Gobert, uh, Mike Conley don't uh, switch properly. And um, D'Angelo DeAngelo Russell gets an easy layup. The Timberwolves win. What a! I mean, the Jazz did not play very well in this game. I, I don't know if you could say the Jazz deserved this one. If they did win they w- or would have won, they would have snuck away with it. But, uh, you know, just one bad mistake uh, cost them in the end.
1: Yeah, and the, the hard part is, you know, you don't play great you're not crisp shots aren't falling then you you narrow the scope and, and that last play becomes so massive you know if, if you if the jazz could have executed better played better made more shots obviously doesn't come down to something like that but uh, that's the tough thing is you know the jazz are a better team but um, they just kind of dug themselves a hole that they couldn't get out of and uh, D'Angelo Russell played great again he led uh, all
3: scores with 27 points Carl Anthony Towns had 21 and did a lot of that damage in the second half as he got loose. Hernan Gomez had 14 coming in off the bench, so Minnesota goes on to win. It was a close one, 105-104. The Jazz outscored the Timberwolves, by the way, 34-22 in the fourth quarter to even make this one a ball game. And that, I mean, the shot Mike Conley hit that three was, was something else. I mean, that's going to be forgotten because the Jazz lost the game, but that was an incredible shot, and then just couldn't get that last stop.
1: So like you, a play earlier when uh, George shot the ball and, you know, you were in the studio talking, you said, man, good for George, right? He he shoots that shot. He has to shoot. Uh, I felt the same way about Conley's because he came off. They didn't necessarily need a three, um, but he came off, had confidence, you know, was able to kind of step back and he loves that little spot. And and so good for him to have the confidence and then to knock it down. Unfortunately, you know, one more possession and the Jazz just don't communicate, which is not – one of their issues, typically, they, they typically communicate really well. Conley, by the
3: way, spectacular tonight. 26 points, 7 assists, 9 rebounds. So he was, I mean, I don't know if I'd point at any other jazz player and say that guy had a good night, but Conley was really good tonight. And George, throw George Niang in there, 4-9, Four 14 points, hit some big ones in the fourth quarter. So, But Mike Conley was really good. Uh, everybody else couldn't throw it in the ocean. So,
1: and the unfortunate part for Mike is, you know, the the end of the game, he has those two plays, you know, that everybody will look at. But he, like, he, I think he played an awesome game, and unfortunately, the one the one turnover was almost a mirror image, almost exactly the, the, the pick time. and roll with Rudy. Uh, no, the one uh, in transition where he kind of yeah the lot where he th- went to throw the lob Lobbed to Rudy right right, um, and then obviously the last one just got picked. You know, Rubio kind of a crafty play, kind of dug that thing out from behind. All right, your final, the Jazz lose to the Timberwolves 105-104.
3: Up next for the Utah Jazz, they're going to take on uh, the Sacramento Kings on Wednesday night. That game will tip off a little after 8 o'clock. With that, we'll say goodnight to our network stations. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have post-game sound for you and continue to break this one down. Jazz lose in Minneapolis 105-104 right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. One hundred five to one hundred four is your final. Jazz lose on a last second layup by D'Angelo Russell to the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Jazz have now lost two consecutive games and were swept by the T Wolves this season, which is not something I thought we'd uh, be talking about tonight.
1: Well, I'll tell you what the. the... And we mentioned this times we've watched this team play, man, they give all sorts of trouble to the Jazz. Um, I think Ron made the point. It's not necessarily anything the Jazz haven't seen, um, but it's a very, very aggressive style on both offensively and defensively. And the Jazz just did not respond well to it, particularly without Donovan being that extra guy to kind of help break things down.
3: Uh, let's get into your sharp stats of the game brought to you by Les Olson Company. Les Olsen Company, your office technology partner. Uh, Jazz tonight. Uh, Jazz tonight. Brace yourself here, Coach. These, these aren't great. Uh, shot 38.9% from the field. 21, or excuse me, 28% from three, 16 of 57. Uh, they were led by Mike Conley, 10 of 19, 26 points, 7 assists, 9 rebounds. He was 3 of 9 from three. Uh, Gobert tonight had 18 on 8 of 8 shooting. But Rudy, this is uncharacteristic. Only five rebounds for Rudy tonight. Two assists a steal and three block shots. Uh, Joe Ingles with 10. He struggled shooting the ball again tonight. George Niang had 14 coming in off the bench. And Jordan Clarkson, 13 points on 5 of 20 shooting. 1 of 10 from 3. Clarkson really struggled shooting the ball tonight.
1: Yeah, it's one of those weird nights where, you know, all three of the guys who have been actually kind of had it going, uh, Clarkson being the one that's kind of hit and miss at times. But, you know, boyan has been great as of late. And um, and and Mike Conley, uh, or excuse me, and Joe Ingles has been phenomenal. So for the, um, all three to have just really tough shooting nights, and it, like, wasn't that they weren't open. I felt like as crazy as it was tonight, they were open, and that's what was even more frustrating is they got good looks.
3: It did feel that way. I, I thought so too. And stuff that normally goes down just uh, did not. I mean, Joe Ingles, in particular, had a bunch of looks that he, I mean, he's a 48% three-point shooter. He's been knocking down uh, those looks all year long. And three of 13 from three tonight for Joe Ingles, which, by the way, in normal circumstances, I'm loving the 13 attempts from Joe. He just didn't make a whole lot of them. And
1: the crazy thing is the three he made were in the first quarter. I mean, it was early. Boom, boom, boom. And he he felt like he was going to kind of maybe have one of those nights, and he didn't make one from there on out. And that's just... It's hard when your your best scorer isn't playing and then the guys you really count on uh, to fill in the gaps just didn't have it tonight.
3: Yeah, the other night on Saturday, there were some staples from the Jazz that were there. Like, they played good defense, and not that their defense was terrible tonight, I guess, but they played good defense. They made threes. Remember, the the third team in NBA history to make uh, 19 threes and score under 100 points, which is just really weird. Tonight, uh, it wasn't the turnovers that doomed them like
1: it was on Saturday. It was just frankly, just clinking shots. It was. It was the ball not going in. And I swear, you go back and look, and I, I can I can promise you that the shots they missed tonight, almost every one of them, were shots they've made consistently all year long, and they're the shots you'd hope for. Um, you know, for the Jazz to get 57 threes, that's usually a really good thing. But tonight, you know, they only shoot 28%, and that really is the story of the game. Yep.
3: All right, let's get some postgame sound going. Let's go back to Minneapolis and hear from Jazz head coach
5: Quinn Snyder.
4: We'll go ahead and get started. Um, First question will come from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
5: Hey Quinn, so obviously um, you guys had that great comeback near the end and then uh, the defensive breakdown on Minnesota's final offensive possession. Can you kind of just explain uh, what happened there? Well, to really comment on,
6: I will, yes, in a second. I, I think, you know, to have a game where we were shooting the ball, you know, we weren't shooting it well, um, but we knew how important it was for us to, you know, to take those shots. Um, You know, that was something that that, that mitigates, you know, us turning the ball over. We had 20 turnovers the other night. Um, So to have a situation where we, you know, we weren't making, but we continued to shoot. And we also found other ways to get to the rim um i thought is is an, is an important thing for our team to to understand um and then to be able to hang into the game um by defending um and also defensive rebound you know a couple of the things that have been um you know very difficult for us to challenge and challenging have been taking care of the ball and and rebounding the ball um, so to stay in the game like that and then as you said you know to have a chance um you know, to get back into the game and execute, you know, the way we did down the stretch up until, you know, that last play. And, you know, there was a miscommunication. Like Mike switched out and Rudy went back to towns and it shook free for for a bucket. So, uh, you know, as I said, we want to, we wish it were different Um, and it's hard not to dwell on one play, obviously, when it's that impactful but I I think for us to put ourselves in the situation, this isn't, I'm I'm not, this isn't a moral victory, but this is specific to how I think our team, the mentality that we have to have in order to be successful. And obviously we have to, you know, we have to close. All
4: right, next question, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune.
5: Well, I think it's it's fair to say concern in Jazzland after losing two games to, you know, not one of the best teams in the league. Um, where is your level of concern with this team after this, this stretch?
6: Um, you know, I, I think, you know, the things I said, you know, earlier, Andy, um, you know, I, I think are important. Um, you know, I don't know what, what our percentage was from three obviously wasn't good. I think, you know, we shoot 40% in the season and, you know, if you keep shooting, the law of averages catches up. And, you know, unfortunately, it didn't catch all the way up tonight, but it did enough for us to be right there. And, you know, the NBA is the NBA. And, and they've played very well. Um, I thought the way that we played the first game, you know, I was disappointing. And tonight, obviously, there's things you'd like to do better. Um, but as I said, the, the, the things that cost us the game, um, the other night were, were things that we addressed. So, um, you know, to the extent there's, there's always, you know, I, I don't know if concern would be the word that I would choose to use. Um, but certainly, you know, you, you want to win and, but Minnesota's, you know, they played hard. They're young, they're aggressive. They came to play, they competed, you know, they've got, you know, our, one of the best, one of the best players in the league in towns. And, you know, Russell had a I thought the first half, you know, Russell's shot making um, was a hard thing to absorb when, when we were missing. So I, I'm, I'd am i be concerned if we didn't compete, you know, and I'd like to have executed better on the last two possessions. Um, but again, that's, you know, that's something that, that we have to do the same way. You know, I mentioned the other night, we have to rebound and we have to take care of the ball. So, um, you know, this entire season is about getting better and, you know, that's what if, if if games like this can help you get better, um, you obviously would rather win. Um, but that's been what we've been trying to do the whole season. And uh, so that, that would that would be how I would I would answer that.
4: All right. Thank you for your time, Coach.
3: All right. There you go. Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Uh, coach Comb, thoughts on what uh, Quinn had to say?
1: Well, I I think the interesting part is obviously there's a lot of things that you can be critical about. Um, I don't feel like the guy's not being competitive to one of them. You know, you made a great point. They did fight. Um, Execution wasn't stellar. And certainly you would think, you know, that last play, uh, you would, the way Conley, the continuity that Conley and Gobert have had all year long, you would think they would execute that play. But I'm telling you, stuff happens in the moment. And Unfortunately, they didn't, um, but they fought back and made a, made a, you know, pretty gutsy comeback and then just could not finish it. So there are some things that you can look at and, and appreciate, especially when you consider they're, you know, they're playing out without arguably their best player. Jazz, I, I
3: totally agree with you and coach, obviously, and, and coach would know, uh, but the team played hard there was no give up in this particular game. They didn't play well. They didn't play well on Saturday either and they didn't give up and and fought hard to to you know have a chance. You know fans are going to get caught up in the fact that Minnesota isn't a very good team and somehow they dig deep and play the Jazz extraordinarily tough.
1: But you know the interesting part is the uh, you know the point that David made and Quinn talked about. I mean Towns is one of the best players and then Russell and Towns haven't played a ton together but when they have it's been Pretty magical. So, um, you know, the Jazz, th- whatever it is, a matchup, and there are those types of deals. You know, there were teams in our league that weren't great teams, you know, when I was coaching, but they always give gave BYU trouble. Our, the matchup was bad. Their scheme against our scheme right. was always d- more difficult, and that's what you see to, with the Jazz and the Timberwolves. And the, if the T-Wolves pick
3: is top three protected. So, yeah, they want to lose, but <laughs> you're never going to tell players that. Man, it's, yeah, because how do you send that message and and then be taken
1: seriously? Not in a game like this, too, where they feel obviously like they have a good chance, like they've got the Jazz number. I guess if you really want to lose, don't play them. You know, just see your guys, but then you get in trouble for that, too. So,
3: Well, and you probably want your guys to play together. You certainly want Anthony Edwards, who wasn't as good tonight, but you certainly want want him out there for as much time and experience as he can get you know, Locke, uh, you just mentioned it, and Locke talked about it throughout the broadcast, getting D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns time together. I mean, you, you know, you only have a certain amount of guaranteed time with a player like Carlo Anthony
1: Towns. You've got to build and figure that out. Yeah, no, there's, there's no doubt. And that's where, you know, you've got to kind of weigh what it means, you know, to build your team and get experience and then obviously position yourself. And um, I, I like the fact that they're playing. They're playing hard playing together, and they're they're actually a really fun team to watch. Mark Miller,
3: Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz lose tonight to the T-Wolves, 105-104. We'll get you more post-game sound coming up next here on the Jazz Radio Network. The Jazz game night post-game show. Here on the Jazz Radio Network, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz loose tonight to the Timberwolves 105-104 postgame. Brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Let's uh, take a look at your points in the paint. Brought to you by our friends at Certa Pro Painters. Call one 800 go Certa. That's Certa with a C. We do painting, you do life. 38 apiece points in the paint. A lot
1: different than Saturday's game. Oh, for sure. There, there was a, a way different. As, as similar as the game was, the Jazz did a better job of handling him physically. I thought, uh, you know, are going at him more.
3: Yeah, it, it it felt that way. I thought the, the game was officiated a bit better. Yeah, a bit better. I mean, although we, people are complaining about that uh, last play where Mike Conley lost the
1: ball, saying Rubio fouled, fouled him. Fouled him. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, that I wondered that. Like, it, it, they called that at the end of the first quarter, probably. Right. And that's what irritates you about that particular play. Try, you know, that drives me bananas. It really does the time. Well, you can't call that there. Yeah, sure you can. Uh, if, it's call, if it's foul in the first, it should be a foul in the fourth. I've never seen the list of unwritten rules. You know, like, you can't do that. I, I've, I've heard they exist, but I haven't seen them. You know, this is a, a huge side note, but uh, one
3: complaint uh, that LeBron James has that I think is totally warranted. Have you ever seen LeBron go to the basket in the final five seconds of a game? He oh, just gets murdered. Yeah. And, and they won't blow a whistle. They won't, they won't give him the star treatment in the last five seconds because he just gets butchered on his way to the basket to the point where he's admitted. He says, I, I will shoot jump shots in that case because I have a better shot at, at it going in. Michael got those
1: calls every time. Right. It's he, crazy. He LeBron doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. I, I wonder if it's because he's so big yeah. that they almost feel like uh, deference, deference goes to the defense. I guess, which, in, in I, you know. Again, I don't think shouldn't it. happen. I don't think a lot is unfair
3: in LeBron James' world when it comes to officiating, but that he has a—he certainly has a point about that one. And in this case, you know, if, if Rubio fouled him, uh, then then call that foul. But you know, I was more referring to the the two man crew that was not quite so good on Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> that, that out of bounds from D'Angelo, not <laughs> to go backwards, but that was one of the more ludicrous officiating moments I think I've ever seen. I
1: mean, you're waiting for. Benny Hill's theme to be played, you know? It was so obvious. As he's running out of bounds. And then coming back <laughs> in and grabbing it, and it was, yeah, that was not going to be on the how-to tape. No, no, it was not. So tonight was
3: was better than that, or at least somewhat. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Jazz don't have anybody really to blame but themselves for this loss, too, the way they shot the basketball for no other reason, and uh, certainly a major miscue at the end when it came to uh, Rudy Gobert and uh, Mike Conley mixing up a switch. And uh, Carl Anthony Towns goes out to get the inbound, and uh, D'Angelo Russell just slips behind Rudy Gobert and gets an easy layup.
1: And the crazy one there is you know, that's where you want Rudy, right? You want him to man that spot, and he knows that, um, but it's the part of him he wants to go. He sees that there may be a ball floated and he may be able to go get it, and he gets sucked into it. And unfortunately, that play had broken. Um, and it really just unfortunate that that breakdown occurred right then because it really was, you know, the Jazz had fought right back to get that game. Listen to D'Angelo Russell's line
3: tonight. I don't, I don't know if he's had many, I mean, he's had some great games in his career, but I don't know if he's had many that are better than this one because he had 27 points, 12 assists. Uh, he even had a block shot by the way, but he was 10 of 16 from the field, seven of 12 from three. That's a heck of a game. He was phenomenal.
1: That's really, a heck he of was. a game. And he got it going early and he took that heat check that went in. And there was, re- it's hard to slow a guy down, especially a prolific scorer like he is or, you know, a volume score. When they get it going, it's kind of like when Clarkson gets it going. You just kind of sit back and watch it.
3: It's just amazing that. Uh I, I don't know. I go back to what we talked about in the pregame, and I asked Mannix about this today, about how Minnesota has been this bad this season because it seems to me that they play really hard. They have scoring. They have, uh, I mean, Carl. Naz they, Reed was good. Yeah, Carl Towns, they have star power. Naz Reed was good tonight. I mean, he had a couple of threes where we're saying, wow,
1: that's going down. He's got that Daryl Griffith rainbow three thing going for himself. Well, and, and I actually was listening to the interview today when you were talking to Mannix, and when he said that, almost like, yeah, they're not very good. I was like, are you, are you really, like, because they've been really good in the nights I've watched them this year. I know. He almost kind of laughed at me, and,
3: I, and they, I had to, I felt like I had to explain, like, listen, Edwards. You, you should see how tough they played the Jazz on Saturday. I thought, you know, how is this game or this team not even almost accidentally won more games?
1: Yeah, it was so. It's an uncharacteristic turnover night on Saturday and really tonight. The story of the game is, you know, again the Jazz compete. This was not a one bit about competition or fight or any of that. It was more. I think they just really did a good job executing against the Jazz. The Jazz found ways to get shots tonight and just couldn't make them. Yep. All right, let's
3: hear some more post game sound. Let's go back to Minneapolis and hear from Rudy Gobert.
4: Okay, we'll start with Andy Larson, Salt
5: Lake Tribune. Just what happened on that last play with you and Mike on the miscommunication?
7: Uh, it's, it's totally on me. You know, um, he was already out there. We kind of, we kind of, we, we switched, and uh, I should have recognized that. You know, it's just uh, he did what he was supposed to do, uh, and uh, I didn't. So, two hundred percent on me.
5: Were you guys going into that play knowing that you wanted to switch?
7: No, we, I mean, the goal was for me to, you know, at first like stay with towns, but uh, on that situation we had to, and I called the, you know, I called the black. So we had to, yeah, he did. Mike did exactly what he was supposed to do. And uh, I didn't, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's one of those plays when you watch the replay, you just, you uh, just, <laughs> just feel dumb, you know, but uh yeah, it's, it's one of those, you know. doesn't happen a lot, but uh, 100% me, sure. All right,
4: Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Rudy, we've talked before about the struggles against teams that are physical or have length, um, whether it's this team or the Suns' last game. What are you seeing there, and how do you battle that and best approach that going forward?
7: Well, I think we... I don't think it's about the way they play. I mean, you want to give them credit. You know, they they play hard and and they try to take away our, you know, our, take away the rim and, and shift and give give up. Our, let us shoot threes. And you know, we did a great job making shots you know, in the first quarter, and then we we had a little slump, but we you know we knew that if we kept you know moving the ball, sharing the ball, and uh, you know kept playing defense and try to put pressure on the rim, we we're going to be back in the game. You know, we fell back. We got back in the game. We got a we got a chance to win the game. You know, so uh, we gonna watch film. You know, a lot of things to look at, but for us, it was a definitely a great you know a great test for sure.
4: Ryan Miller, KSL.
3: Hey, Rudy. Um, Quinn went with you, Urson, and George, and that kind of that big lineup. What did you like about that tonight?
7: I mean, the, I think we did a great job. First of all, Elson did a great job knocking down shots. And when uh, when you got guys like him, George, that can space the floor offensively, he really uh, he really helps. You know, he helps uh, our guys to put pressure on the rim and me uh, to put pressure on, on the rim. Uh, defensively, you know, I think George did, uh, did a great job tonight. Uh, Elsan, too, when he was on the floor. We so, you know it's probably something that we, we might see more often.
4: Okay, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
5: Rudy, what's your level of concern after losing back to back games to a Timberwolves team that's not been very good against many other teams?
7: Um, none. You know, I think uh, I would be concerned if you were giving up 140 points or something like that, like we did a few times, uh, probably one time this year. You know, um, I think, you know, having the, every team got some tough games, you know, and sometimes we, Tonight, if, uh, if I don't get the last play defensively, we, we end up on a win. We end up winning the game, you know. It's never going to be all, you know, uh, it's never going to be all good and all bad. You know, we just got to find ways to put ourselves in a position to win every night. And, uh, you know, I thought we did that tonight. I thought we did that last game. You know, we, even though we had some adversity and we, you know, we turned them all over, we still find a way to keep the game closed, you know. So, but for us every night is uh, is a is a way for us to improve and uh we know that uh you know obviously we we're gonna need to get Donovan back soon, but uh, you know, uh for us every night is an opportunity to get better. And you know teams, some teams are playing with no pressure, you know, they're just playing free. Uh they're just having fun, you know, and uh and those teams we every year is the same, you know, at the end of the season, uh those teams are always the hardest to play against because they're just playing free we got to stay focused to gain better and uh, keep defending.
4: Okay, last question. Tim McMahon, ESPN.
5: Hey, Rudy. I I know you've mentioned that uh, health is is the top priority, but how important is the number one seed to you guys? And, you know, with the Suns playing as well as they are, how are you feeling about that situation at this point? You know,
7: uh, I was saying for us, it would be great to have it. But if we don't, you know, the most important is to keep getting better and come into the playoff playing playing great basketball, you know, and, uh, and know who we are, know our identity. And I think, you know, uh, obviously being healthy is very important. But, uh, yeah, just keep taking it one game at a time, you know, hope, try to win every game, but, uh, you know, keep getting better.
4: Thank you, Rudy. That's it.
7: There you
3: go. That's Rudy Gobert. A couple of, I thought, really interesting things that Rudy covered there. Probably most importantly, took 100% accountability for the final defensive play. Said he did not make the right decision. Mike Conley was doing what he was supposed to be doing. And Rudy even mentioned he's a little embarrassed watching it again because he made a mistake.
1: And credit to him for doing that. I mean, I... I coached a lot of guys through the years, and, you know, that's always kind of a delicate thing. You never want to throw that on somebody. Uh, Rudy wants all that, and he certainly holds himself and his teammates to a really high standard. So when he messes up, you know, he, he's the first one to admit it, and you, you certainly have to respect that. The other thing he said that I thought was really interesting,
3: I think it was Eric who asked him if he was concerned after two losses to the lowly Timberwolves. Although pesky. <laughs> Eric put a little more delicately than that. But uh, if Rudy were concerned and Rudy said, no, he said he would be more concerned if they were giving up 150 points in these losses, which was such a, a, a great Rudy take. Of course, defense is always number one in his mind. Right. Uh, but I I completely agree with him. I think, you know, shooting nights like this, we just haven't seen them that much this year from the jazz. They've had ups and downs, but rarely have they had one this bad and i don't think it's going to be the norm you know the the defense needs to be the kind of rock this the foundation of this team and it still is and i thought that was a really insightful answer where he he didn't say no they're not worried about it because you know it's just a it's just another game or it's just a regular season game or kind of play it off like that he actually diagnosed and said well really what's going wrong isn't uh, the worst thing that could be going wrong and i thought wow that's I think he's right on the money, obviously, but that's that's you don't hear that a whole lot.
1: Oh, it's it's very honest. It's very candid, but it it is definitely uh, congruent too with the way the Jazz want to do things. They want to lead with D and uh, you take an all star off of any team um, and they're going to they're going to have some bumps in the road. You know, it's this is not you know we've seen it like david said in the league all year long some teams for stretches huge stretches watch the, what the lakers went through what 30 games without uh, anthony davis and obviously they were 500 team so uh, if if there's some place that jazz fans that are out on the <laughs> the rough waters of of jazz fandom i mean there's a beacon out there and the beacon is donovan mitchell's coming back to this team like this is this team right now is not whole and certainly the I I actually concur with what Rudy said. If they were not competitive or didn't fight and weren't locked in defensively, I'd have more concern. But this is, you know, the first night it was a turnover issue and tonight it was a a just making shots issue.
3: Let's get to the Master of the Glass tonight, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound program. Now, at the end of the regular season, Safefly will donate $5 to the United Way of Utah for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight's master of the glass, not Rudy Gobert, who only had five rebounds tonight, which is just so weird, obviously, for Rudy. Uh, Royce is your master of the glass tonight. He had 10 boards, uh, three offensive rebounds, seven uh, defensive rebounds. Uh, let's see here. Um. Derek favors had eight rebounds coming in off the bench. Uh, Mike Conley with nine rebounds tonight uh, to go along with his seven assists and 26 points. Uh, Royce uh, had a nice night rebounding the ball. He had six points, two of five from three, two of six uh, from the field. He's still passing up open looks.
1: Oh, he is. And it's, you know, it's starting to become more of an issue. Um, He did make some tonight and, and, you know, he made a couple, which is great because that's, I mean he's in the place right now if he sees kind of some instant results he'll maybe be a little more uh, eager to shoot the ball so we, we you got to pray for the ones he does take to go in yeah there's no
3: doubt but uh, he Joe I know he took 13 but he still passed up like they had some Open looks where they looked a little gun shy. Now Jordan Clarkson did not have that issue. No, George Niang was pulling the trigger, but there were a couple of guys that seemed a little hesitant about uh, about shooting, and uh, Royce was the most noticeable. I thought.
1: Uh, me too. Um, I felt like Royce is, you know, he, he's battling a little bit of that confidence stuff. And again, the only way that I know how is is through work and then seeing some progress. So. It's good that he made a couple. Um, I thought George Niang was phenomenal tonight. Uh, you know, a, a guy who, you know, had a big shot and a big moment and didn't make it, but he took it. I thought it was huge, and, and the guys depend on that because if you don't make it, at least guys know you're going to take it. You could possibly go offensive, rebound it. But he was a plus 12 in his time on the floor tonight, um, and I thought he brought some really good energy to the game and, and really kind of helped mount that comeback.
3: All right, your final 105-104 Jazz Lose in Minneapolis to the Timberwolves. Coming up next, we'll have more sound from the locker room for you. want to remind you about Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. As I mentioned, uh, more sound coming up next. Also, our stat nuggets, nuggets. from our friend uh, Tyson Ewing. So stay tuned. More straight ahead here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night, game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, coach Tim LaComence, brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jazz lose tonight in Minnesota, 105-104 to the Timberwolves. They fall to 44-17 and uh, 17 on the season, I believe, as this hasn't refreshed. Anyway, uh, let's get to your three-point takeover, sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. All right, Tim, these, these numbers are a little rough. Jazz from three tonight, 16 of 57, 28.1%. It's amazing they made 68 threes and only shot 28%. It, uh, it, it'll show you just how many they took. Um, let's see, who had the best night from three tonight? Uh, Irsan Ilyasova was two for four. George Niang was four for nine. Royce O'Neal was two for five. And then from there it gets. Uh, Mike Conley was three for nine. Bogdanovich one for seven. Joe three for thirteen. Jordan Clarkson one for ten.
1: Yeah, it was again. This, let's put the stats together on that. Those three, those guys would have a night like that. You know, what would the stats look like? Whip that one up for me, Tyson. Let's see. Those three I can't do math on the fly. no, no, that's no, it. I was telling Tyson. no, 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 I, I see. I was just saying, what are the statistical the anomal, uh, anomaly with with what those guys are shooting this season for them to have that kind of night that tonight. kind of night I mean just come on, that's crazy
3: Let's see Bogdanovich and Eagles together were four for 20. Oh, this is easy. Yeah, and then uh, and 20. then add in Clarkson, they were five for 30. Those three players were five for 30 from three. that's that hurts yeah. Wow that's amazing from those three players that have been so good from three and again there weren't crazy shots these right. were the shots we've they've made all year long yeah they weren't taking bad ones that's that's true and bogdanovich continues to just be up and down I mean he's so good on Saturday and they're just not existent
1: tonight even missed uh, went back to missing layups tonight which is weird yeah it's it, I'm telling you it's a very very difficult thing to hit basketball nirvana and keep it
3: David isn't allowed to uh, ask about that sort of thing in the Quinn Snyder coaches show anymore because he asked Coach why Bogdanovich was so good at making layups. Now, he jinxed got, him. Oh gosh, jinxed him. There's jinxing going on. <laughs> jinxed him good because uh, uh, Bogdanovich went back to uh, to struggling a little bit. All right, let's keep the post game sound rolling. Let's go back to Minneapolis and now hear from
5: Mike Conley.
4: We'll go ahead and get started. First up, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
5: And Mike, first off, can you kind of just take us through um, from your perspective, what happened on each of those last two plays, first on the defensive miscommunication and then uh, on the subsequent offensive play? Um, well, I think it was just that, you know, there was somewhere lost in the, you know, our, our translation of, uh, you know, I assume that it was a black and and uh, we call it a black star switch, Uh and I got out onto Cat, to you know, try to push him out half court. Um, and then you know, I looked behind me and uh, Russ is, is laying it up. So I don't, I didn't really see what happened behind me, but um, I guess, you know, Rudy got mixed up there along the way and uh, we gave that one up. And then on the other end, you know, we were supposed to uh, just kind of clear the court open and, you know, create a one-on-one situation and uh, it got crowded there. Rudy came up and, and uh, you know, try to make a, uh, a play, there's nowhere to go. So this was a tough, uh, tough two-play stretch for us, and we got to be better in this situation.
4: All right, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune.
5: The last couple, of, last couple of games when you kind of when your offense slows down and you can't make a shot, and it feels like it's a real struggle out there. Like what? Uh, when you watch that game on film um, from Saturday, from Saturday, and the kind of your initial impressions of what happened today, what is the cause of, of the offense kind of stagnating like it did? Um, it's it's hard to it's hard to say sometimes. You know, we're uh, you know we're a team that relies on you know our guys making uh, making open shots, you know, shooting open shots um, and creating for each other, and uh, you know we've had opportunities in the last two games. You know, we've uh, had, had uncharacteristic, you know, type performances from, from a lot of people. Um, and I know a lot of us have, you know, probably watched the film and sat back and thought about it, every shot we've taken. And, um, wish we should have them back because we're, you know, they're good looks and uh, we should take them every single time. And, and when we struggle like that, it's just, you know, we've got to keep fighting through it. You know, keep trying to get stopped defensively and, uh, you know, just keep pushing, uh, pushing the tempo and trying to trying to create some
4: offense. Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Mike, we talked about some of those common themes, the turnovers, but you guys clean that up tonight. But what do you see you can do better against teams that come at you with a lot of physicality and length?
5: Well, yeah. Um, you know, we have to we have to combat combat that with the same type of physicality. We cannot just, you know, take every punch and take every elbow, take every push and and you know, look at the ref or, or to so bell us out. You know, we have to stand up, stand our ground, uh be aggressive, be physical, uh, and just kind of grind games out. This is that time of the year where you know teams are gonna be gunning for us regardless of their situation or our situation. So um every night's gonna be a dog fight. And uh and, and we got to realize that from the from the time the jump ball starts to the to the last uh, second of the fourth quarter. So uh, just keep grinding.
4: All right, last question, David James, KUTV.
3: Mike, you've been through a, a lot of NBA seasons here, so just a little perspective on where you think the
5: team's confidence is right now and, and where you go forward from here. I, I think we're still very confident. Like I said, you know, we've had some uncharacteristic nights. Um, one turned the ball over, you know, guys not shooting it well. Um, you know, just, just nights that... that you know, we'll look back and, and realize that they made us better as a team. They made us better as a whole. Because we're going through, you know, we went through the last two games. We went through a lot in those, in those. you know, between the one first quarter and the fourth quarter of uh, highs and lows. And tonight we were in a game where we were down and came back at the end and, and it came down to two possessions. So um, we're learning. We're learning. And they're great lessons for us going into the playoffs. And uh, hopefully, you know, we're getting them out now, you know, before we get to the time we're playing, you know, better competition.
3: All right. That's it. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. All right. There you go. Mike Conley uh, tonight, who really was very good uh, with, uh, of course, that go-ahead shot. that didn't quite hold up with six seconds left, but he had, uh, let's see, Mike tonight, 26.7 assists, nine rebounds. Did have a couple of the mistakes down the stretch that uh, certainly did not help the the two turnovers. And he, he, you know, I just continue to be impressed by Mike Conley. He's just even keeled. He's, he's the ultimate professional. He knows there, there were some ups and downs in this one, but still sounds the same.
1: And it's got to be nice to have that presence in the locker room, you know, as a coaching staff right now, uh, you're looking around at a, at a bunch of guys who have given you everything they have and uh, you know, things for the most part, like David had mentioned and we talked about it in crosstalk, you know, injuries, injuries have not been a huge issue. Uh, it really is one of the reasons why the jazz have been able to, um, you know, be as good as they've been this year. They've been, they've had continuity and it's a huge piece. Um, and so to have Mike in the locker room, who's been through a whole lot, been through a lot of years. And, you know, he is a guy who can tell those younger guys, Hey, look, it's a game. Don't worry about it. Um, You know, we, the only thing we can do is go forward. Right. And nobody uh, you know, we didn't lose anything more than a game tonight and, and we control our own destiny, you know? So uh, I think that that presence and his calm nature has definitely got to be appreciated in the locker room.
3: And they do. They, I mean, they play some of the offenses just so much better when he's out there, particularly without Donovan Mitchell, who once again, and this sounds like the most obvious take of obvious takes, but they missed him so much tonight. I mean, he, you heard Locke talk about just they could have used a high usage player. They could have used somebody to go out there and take those possessions when things weren't going well for other players.
1: Well, and, and Donovan can end droughts, you know, because he's, He's got a, a unique knack to make shots in timely moments, but he also is the one guy who can he's really kind of now start to earn the credit of the officials and get to the line. And it's it's when you can't get a bucket and you can get a guy at least get you to the line a few times and, and stop the game a little bit, get everybody um, on the same page. But, you know, unfortunately, the Jazz tonight kept playing hard, but they just kept missing, missing, missing. And that's hard to, you know, to their credit, it's hard to continue to play defense like they did. And I was impressed with that.
3: That's a great point about the free throws because Donovan has gotten so much better at that this year where he'll find a way to get himself to the line and get those easy points even when things aren't going so well during stretches. He's also been really good at bridging the gap while players like Bogdanovich or Ingles or, uh, you know, Royce O'Neal need to figure out their shot or, you know, uh, how to get uh, back open shots and make them. Donovan is uh, good at going out there and still getting buckets. I mean, he, he, there's a reason he's one of the, you know, elite offensive players in the NBA. There are very few people that can do that. And when you're missing one of them out of your lineup, there's it's obviously going to have an impact.
1: Yeah, and they've been able to weather with, you know, Mike missing a game here or there, Jordan or Joe, um, because all the other guys compliment. But Donovan brings skills to the table, um, you know, the first – the two things I just mentioned, being able to get his own shot and then getting to the line that the other guys don't have, you know, is readily available.
3: All right, should we get to our stat nuggets tonight, courtesy of our friend Tyson Ewing? Yes. Uh, Tyson does stats for the television broadcast on AT&T Sportsnet, and he's kind enough to share a few with us uh, during the postgame show. Uh, this one right out of the gate it tells, probably tells a story of the entire game. Jazz shot – 26 of 46, 52%, and 14 of 32, 44% from three in the first first and fourth quarters combined. Wow. Okay, so 52 from the floor, 44 from three in the first and fourth quarters. They were just 13 of 38 from the floor, 34%, and two for 25 uh, from three, 8% in the second and third quarters combined. So they were not good in what we would call the guts of the game. They're in the middle, and you know the thing is they were they were not good in the third quarter against uh, the T Wolves on Saturday, and that's been their bread and butter quarter. It has been, and uh, but Donovan's
1: a huge part of that being their bread and butter quarter. Yeah,
3: and it does throw off the rest of the rotation. I mean, Locks talked so much about that uh, lineup with Conley and uh, Rudy, and then you throw in Clarkson and uh, and Ingles, and who's the fourth one in that unit? Yang. And that's been the lineup that's really pulled away from teams while the other teams play in their bench lineup. Of course, when Ingles has to come to the starting lineup and it just throws off that rotation as well.
1: I know that's subtle, but it matters. No, it does matter. And again, the reason the Jazz have been so good is they've had that continuity, guys literally running to the clock at their time and, uh, you know, having enough guys to do it every night so they could get in a real rhythm together.
3: All right, this was the fourth time this season the Jazz have lost back-to-back games. It's pretty amazing, actually. It uh, just shows you how how good the Jazz have played this year. Uh, let's see. Minnesota started the season two and zero. Tonight was the first time they beat the uh, first time since they beat the Jazz on December twenty sixth that they have won back to back games. Also, seventeen percent of the Timberwolves' wins
1: this season have come against the Jazz. Well, oh, you know what they call <laughs> you know what they call that season for Minnesota. That's a long season. Is if those are your two back to back bookend wins. That's You've had a lot of misery in between. That's amazing. That is amazing.
3: All right. Uh tonight was the fourth time this season the Jazz have a blow have blown a double digit lead.
1: They've done it twice in the last two games. Yeah, they were about eighteen tonight, yep, and seventeen on Saturday. Yep. Uh
3: the Jazz did set a franchise record tonight for most threes attempted in a non-overtime game with fifty-seven. But this is only the second time in NBA t- history a team has lost a game in regulation when attempting at least 57 threes. Teams are now a combined 13 and 2 in non overtime games when attempting 57 threes.
1: There has to be something to their length. Uh, Minnesota. The w- yeah, their wing length, right? McDaniel. I mean, they're big. They are big everywhere. Well, uh, Ben Anderson was just talking about this
3: on Twitter, our friend from uh, KSL Sports who covers the Jazz, and he was saying big guards give the Jazz trouble. And um, I
1: mean, Russell's long. Yep. And, yeah, Anthony, Edwards is, Anthony Edwards yeah. is physical and long. Yeah, that's that's a, something interesting to look at.
3: Uh, let's see. D'Angelo Russell has had three of his top 12 scoring games against the Jazz this season, 27 tonight, 25 on December 26th, and 23 on Saturday. Wow.
1: He's, He's an all-star the, against the Jazz.
3: Yeah, he loves playing against the Jazz. There's been a lot of guys like that through the years. There certainly <laughs> has. That is for sure. I always, when we have this discussion, I always think of Linus Claza.
1: Linus Klaza.
3: For Denver, who just played out of his mind against the Jazz and then scored, like, averaged, like, four points a game against everybody else. I think Eddie. Eddie Johnson. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, this is the fewest rebounds Rudy Gobert has had since August 10th of 2020, where he also had just five boards.
1: And it was weird. Uh, I wonder if there's some I, – I need to go back and watch and see if there's kind of some strategy. They they were definitely sending guys his way because he was always in a crowd. He always had his hand on the ball but couldn't get it.
3: So weird The uh, reading about games on in August. That just felt weird to read since August 10th, 2020. They shouldn't be playing in August.
1: Yeah, what is this? What is this? What, what is, is this,
3: this world we live in? I mean, can you imagine if you went and told two years ago you, you know, said, hey, listen, Rudy's going to be playing in August, and it's going to be this weird isolated scenario down at Disneyland or Disney World. They're going go to go to Disney World, <laughs> finish the season isolated from the outside world. And you'd be like, is that sci-fi? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. All right. Back off the LSD there, sir. Ch- yeah. chee yeah. uh all right uh and and Tyson titles this one a sad one. He says finally, a sad one. The jazz uh have now fallen to thirteen and one when George Niang scores ten points or more in a game this season uh and by the way, uh George also tied his career high for points in a quarter with twelve in the fourth.
1: yeah, you know unfortunately, again, there was a lot of fight there in that quarter and and I do think. Um, the comp- competitive part of this team is alive and well. But just some bad bounces and some tough breaks and just a one monumental. It's interesting because Conley talked about Gobert you know, coming to set a screen and probably shouldn't have. Uh, that It was supposed to be kind of an open floor. So, um, you know, just some things to work out. And, and I do agree that it's better to deal with that stuff right now because the playoffs are all about last-minute execution. Uh, you know, that always comes down to something like that. And listen, this is, this is what Tyson does for you coach lacombe
3: you were asking you know is there a game where those three players Eagles, oh bogdanovich and clarkson were uh, uh similarly bad because uh, they were five for 30 tonight ask and you shall receive uh he enticed it says to answer coaches questions the only game i could find that was even close he says january 26th against the knicks Ingles 1 for 4, Bogdanovich 2 for 7, Clarkson 2 for 10. Combined 5 for 21.
1: Wow. 24%. So very, very odd occurrence with all those guys to be off in one night. And that is off. 5 of 30. That is not good. Well, thank you, Tyson. You're Tyson. Quite, quite amazing with your ability to scour
3: those stats. This is what he does. Well, he's the best in the business, and we appreciate you, Tyson. Thanks, Look, you, Tyson. you even throw a challenge his way, and he says, don't worry, Coach Lacombe. I got gotcha. you. I'll dig it up for you. No well, problem. he did. I mean, that was a hard liner, too. He dug it out. There he goes. So thank you, Tyson. Again, uh, you can follow Tyson on Twitter, at TyEwing2, at T-Y-E-W-I-N-G-2, uh, and he's very good Twitter follow. I would certainly recommend you doing so. All right. We'll get Coach Lacombe's final thoughts on this one. Coming up next It's your Jazz Game Night Post game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. 105 to 104 is your final. We'll wrap it up next on the Jazz Radio Network.
0: Jazz will inbound underneath their own basket. With a game and a half lead for the one seed. Conley inbound to the right of the basket. Inbounds to Gobert. Conley comes back to get it. Curls around. Steps back for a three in the win. He got it! 5.9 seconds left. Mike Conley. Oh, pose like you're a statue. A gold one, Mike Conley, because that was shiny as can be. 104, 103, Mike Conley does it.
3: There's your play of the game, courtesy of our friend David Locke, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service sales and selection LHMAuto.com, driven by you. Uh, That did not turn out to be the game winner. Uh, Like David said right there, there were still six seconds to go. D'Angelo Russell, of course, uh, gets the ball uh, on the inbound on the other side on a defensive miscue, makes a layup, and... That ends up being the game winner as the Jazz fall to the t- Timberwolves 105-104. to 104. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. Your Jazz Game Night post game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Just a quick review of the stats if you're just joining us. Mike Conley tonight led the way for the Jazz. 26 points, 7 assists, 9 rebounds. Rudy had 18, 5 boards and 3 block shots. Uh, Jordan or, uh, George Nyang had 14 coming in off the bench. Jordan Clarkson with 13 Joe Ingles had 10 getting the start tonight for the injured Donovan Mitchell. Uh, big story from the Jazz uh, on the on stats or a box score standpoint, three-point shooting tonight, 16 of 57, just 28% from three. The Timberwolves were led by D'Angelo Russell, who had a really great game, 27 points, 12 assists. Carl Anthony Towns with 21 uh Anthony Edwards with 14, Hernan Gomez with 14 coming off the bench. And Naz Reed. What did uh, what did Locke called Naz Reed? The best player you've never heard of. Thirteen points tonight for Naz Reed, including two of three from three. I like him. I
1: like him too. He's good. And uh, he, he's definitely good against the Jazz. He made shots and was really physical. He he did his job. Yeah, he absolutely did. Did not see that coming.
3: All right, Coach Lacombe, let's uh let's get some final thoughts from you before we turn the page to Sacramento.
1: Well, I can't really back off what we talked about before. I felt like this was kind of a pivotal game for the Jazz, you know, with the with everything all told. Um, but watching the game, watching their fight and competitiveness, and then hearing the kind of the tone of the post game, I don't sense a ton of panic, which is a very positive thing. Uh, and really, to me, you go and like I said, you take an all-star off any team and they're going to feel you know, the pain, they're going to go through some rough spots. And um, the, the truth of the matter is I think the Jazz saw a Timberwolves team that most of the league hasn't. When you talk about, um, you know, Russell and Carl and Anthony Towns only playing a handful of games really together, um, they're a handful when they do play. And, and you throw Edwards into the mix. Uh, we talked about Nas Reed. So while, yes, this team this year has not been great, they were great against the Jazz. And um, I thought they executed so that you got to credit them a ton, um, really pivotal games coming up, uh, jazz have to figure out a way to get this, uh, kind of back on the reels without Donovan. And, um, you know, that opportunity starts late on Wednesday night, eight o'clock tip, eight o'clock tip. So I think that's the, you know, that's what we all look forward to now. And, um, you know, Clippers have to play the Clippers and uh, really now you just have to look at your game. You, you know, that's the only thing you can control. All right, we want to say a big thanks to David Locke and Ron Boone,
3: bringing you all the action tonight. Great job by those two. Want to say thanks to John Kiefer, our broadcast assistant. Thanks to Alex Lundberg, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, title sponsor of the Post Game Show, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Proud to be the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at
1: markmillersubaru.com. Coach Lacombe, thank you, sir, as always. Thanks, Jake. I'm sorry we... Couldn't pull this one out. Um, it it def, The one thing it does do is it brings your winning percentage down, though, so that's good for me because <laughs> you, you've, you've gotten me a few times, um, you know, when I've been gone. So I'll have the opportunity to catch up when you're gone. You will.
3: You will have a few games. We'll see. Most of which likely will start 8 o'clock missing those late tips. You're going to miss that, too. Yeah.
1: I'm sure I'll get a text
3: randomly. Well, I won't be sleeping, so that won't. That's true. With a newborn. I mean, it's not like I'll be getting any rest. 105-104 uh, to 104 is your final jazz fall to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, up next, the Sacramento Kings coming up on Wednesday night. That game, as Coach said, will start at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 7. And, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.